Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of our podcast, Puedo Aprender Inglés, with your host, Juan Inglés. Hola y bienvenidos a todos a este nuevo episodio de nuestro podcast. Un episodio completamente imperdible. Érase una vez, una tarde soleada en Birmingham. Era 2006 y habían dos jugadoras de tenis profesionales jugando un partido muy reñido. Una de estas jugadoras era María Sharapova, jugadora prominente y reconocida, quien llegaría a ser la número uno del mundo. La otra jugadora, no muy reconocida, resultó ganándole el partido. Se trata de Jamia Jackson. Es nuestra invitada de hoy. Jamia Jackson llegó a tener un ranking mundial de la número, número 43 del mundo. En ese año, en el 2006, Jamia llegó a tener un ranking mayor a las dos hermanas Williams y le ganó partidos a personajes tan importantes como María Sharapova, Marion Bartoli, Amy Frazier, María Kirilenko, Jelena Jankovic, algunas de estas que llegaron a ser las número uno del mundo. Yamia tuvo una carrera profesional antes de retirarse por una lesión y luego continuó su carrera como coach, como entrenadora. Eh, y fue entrenadora para la Asociación de Tenis de Mujeres. Eh, y fue entrenadora de grandes jugadoras que llegaron a los escenarios más grandes, escenarios en los que ella estuvo jugando, escenarios como el Wimbledon, el Roland Garros, el Australian Open del nivel de competencia más exigente y más reconocido de la industria del tenis. Se trata de Jamia Jackson, una amiga mía. Tengo la suerte de tener su amistad. Eh, y vamos a conversar en inglés. Esta es la prueba de fuego, porque si nos entienden el día de hoy con este inglés muy americano, no se los ponemos fácil, no se los simplificamos. Bueno, si pueden entender esta entrevista, pueden entender cualquier entrevista. Es la prueba de fuego y es una conversación sensacional porque aprendemos no solamente de su experiencia como tenista, como entrenadora, sino también como persona y como psicóloga eh, de sus experiencias y de sus historias. Entonces, pues, les presento a Jamia Jackson. Jamia, Jamia, Jamia. I have to let people know a little inside joke that we have, uh, that we have a common German friend and he has this German accent and he's like, Jamia, is here. <laughs> and that has lived in my mind. And every time that I see you, I'm like, Jamia, is here. <laughs> Jamia is here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Wani. Yes, our German friend had a lot of sayings that somehow just stuck. He, he got away with the, with the English language, <laughs> and I'm like, like, he was, uh, compared to. He, he lives in a section in my brain, still to this day, even though he didn't time. Rent-free. Rent-free, rent-free. Jamia, I wanted to begin this little talk, this conversation, uh, not so much with a question, but with a, a little confession and a little story. 
Um, recently, we had our Colombian national team, the girl squad, uh, go to the World Cup, the, the female World Cup for soccer. Okay. And, uh, you know, female soccer doesn't have as big as fandom and following as the male team. Uh, which, you know, for Colombia, like people are like super excited about, uh, but it's starting to, and it's really good. And they, they started to build an infrastructure around it, you know, because it's very business related as well, uh, the broadcasting and the advertisement and so on. Um, but people were very excited about their participation in the World Cup this time around. And it's in New Zealand. And so we, I was like turning on the game at like 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, and I just watched the, their game against uh, England. They beat us, those bastards. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I was watching the game. And as I was watching the game, I'm like, ah, it's so silly. You know, the idea of countries and boundaries is so imaginary. Like, why is one country like better than another? We're just humans, whatever. You know, like this philosophical conversation in my head. Okay, you Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, I was watching them perform and my heart was racing and I almost got a heart attack every time that they were like near the goal. Like, as much as my mind wanted to tell me that countries are imaginary, like my heart is very much Colombian. Yes. And it's my your mind and your heart. Yeah, no, definitely. And I was like fangirling over them and super excited about them and they scored and I was like super emotional. At five in the morning, I thought I was just gonna put this game on, just go to sleep and no, I was super excited. And uh this whole big story is just to tell you that, you know, in preparing to this interview, was going through your background and watching some videos. And I tell you how much I am a fan of you and how oh much I am fangirling about you and this interview. Like, I don't know if you know that your friend is such a big fan of you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is my confession. I think the whole part about <laughs> the Colombian national team and like, it's so strange because you feel like you can put sports in like a box, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of diminish it almost in a way, which sure. is definitely not, you know, the most important thing, you know, out there. There's so, you know, your life and your friends and your family, you know, your health, right? When things are mm -hmm. like happening in other parts of your life then that catches your attention real quick, you know, and that's the most important thing. But the ability of sport to bring people together is like second to none. It's, I don't need, and it's like you said, there's no rhyme or reason and your brain will tell you like, what? But your your body like responds to- I was sweating and I was, like my yeah. heart was beating and I was watching a recording of you playing uh, with, I think, Sharapova, and this was like a million years ago. But, you know, like, my heart was still racing, and when you scored, I was like, yes, that's my friend, you know? like It's amazing. <laughs> it really, yeah, like... You can get you can get into it, you know? Adrenaline. Like, not me, but you have a lot of people out there who just, they have that star power, you know? And you just get behind them. It's just that there's, there's no words for 
um, the emotions that yeah. it can bring up in so many different people at one time. Or maybe there are words, and I just don't know what those words are. That's probably more likely. I was, you can fact check me all you want because, you know, I, as, as much as I am a, a fan of yours, we, when we get together, we don't really talk about your, <laughs> your profession a lot, Never. which is part of what, what I really love about our relationship. But, uh, I was, you know, doing some research and you can fact check me, but you began like super young, um, going to the Boletary Academy, now yeah. IMG. Um, yeah. Did you ever, when you were so young, did you ever like envision your life being what it is so involved with, with tennis sports? I think that um, the different like twists and turns as far as the details of where it's taken me, I, I didn't, you know, envision every single portion of it, but my family is like a very athletic family. My father... Mm-hmm. You know, he played college uh, football. He played professional football. My godfather played professional football. Um, my uncle played, you know, college basketball. My cousin played college <laughs> college football. So the idea of kind of going down a professional route in a sport wasn't totally obscene, you know, <laughs> in my eyes. On my father's side of the family, although he did go pro eventually he went to you know he went to he went to duke he went to a very good college here in the united states and so did my cousin and then my cousin uh-huh. went off to go to yale and and so they do have this uh pedigree for education and sure. i yeah surpassed or or passed on college to go pro that was a little bit of a contentious point in in my family for a long time i always knew that i would go back to college mm-hmm. i always knew that but i think that you know when you're young and you're making decisions people don't know what's in your heart or in your mind and you know feel like you're giving one thing up for another and maybe it's not you know the best thing for your long term so I'm going to go back to, to the academics in a second because that's that's a part of, of what I'm very interested about you as a person because you are very intellectual as you are athletic, you know, and I, I feel like that's so fascinating. Um, I told you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did want to ask you because I knew of, of your father's background. I didn't know about your godfather and, and, and the other people in your family, but why tennis? Uh, in a world that you could have maybe gone for another sport, why? Why tennis? Mm-hmm. Um, so many reasons. I just was, when I was a kid, I played every single sport. I, some, I was, you know. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Some, I flourished in, you know, tennis, track, loved, loved, loved baseball. Um, you know, almost to the point that, like, I love tennis. I love to dance. Uh, but I'm an awful dancer. Yes, like I did. You are not an awful dancer. I just saw the choreography at this wedding. Uh, you were please. No dancing. You have skills. You were the best one out there by far in this choreography. Thank you for and ladies and gentlemen. Don't you worry. Um, yeah, I loved. I loved. Um, I loved to dance. Wasn't very good. I was. I 
I was in, you know, gymnastics for six months. It was god awful. Um, so I played kind of every sport. I played basketball. Wasn't that great, whatever. So I think I, I kind of moved towards the sports that I was number one good in. Mm-hmm. And number two, that both my older brother and I played because my parents kind of made us choose together as a unit. <laughs> <laughs> and also moved toward a um, a sport that I could get a college scholarship in. I think that I enjoyed, oh, I enjoyed so many sports. I loved baseball, you know, um, really liked some track and field events. Mm-hmm. obviously like obsessed with tennis and uh, my brother also played tennis and tennis was a full scholarship sport sport and so yeah. all of those things at like 10 11 yeah. I guess like specialized super early actually um probably too early earlier than I would mm-hmm. recommend for kids nowadays but yes yeah. you know there's other factors obviously in each their but like you your family was all in 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 you guys like being super into sports because you moved to Bradenton yeah yeah that was crazy that was that was just a fluke thing like uh-huh. um so here in the United States we had a you have a, a league it's called the American uh, Tennis Association okay mm-hmm. and this league was Previously, like before the United States Association, before the USTA, mm-hmm. allowed um, African Americans, Black people, people of color to join, the ATA was the Black League. So mm-hmm. back in the day, yeah, it was all that was really available for players of color. So as I, this was, you know, before my time, mm-hmm. but as we all grew up, we would play the ATA, you know, mm-hmm. just as kind of a social thing and a cultural thing and whatever. So when I was nine, ten, yeah, the, the USTA, I mean, I'm sorry, the ATA partnered with Voluntary Tennis Academy. Just I think it was like mm-hmm. one or two year sort of pilot type thing where if you won their event in any age group, so 12, 14, 16, 18s, boys or girls, if you won the event, then you were gifted a part of your prize. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, like you got, you know, a trophy and stuff like that. But the winner got um, a week-long scholarship to Voluntary's mm-hmm. now called IMG Academy. So um, I won 12 when I was nine or something like that. Uh-huh. And it was funny because it was in Tennessee. It was in Memphis, Tennessee, which is where my mom's family's from. So my whole family came out. They were, you know... <laughs> picnicking i mean we had a barbecue like we had it was it was a blast it was a party uh you know for kids <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah yeah and um when i won it my parents decided the next year that we would take our spring break down at ball terry so they, my brother in the program all four of us would fly down um and just go to the academy for a week it was like kind of a fun thing to to for the whole family to do and when I was there, I was first day, what they used to do, I don't know if they do this anymore, but first day they like roll the balls out and you just hit with whomever, you know, happens to be on the other side of the court. Yeah, of you. And then they kind of divide you for the week into, um, you know, like 
sections of level of play, mm -hmm. not by age, but by level of play. And so my parents dropped me off because we were running late. You know, I found my way to the court and I'm back on the courts. I'm hitting and then a coach comes and gets me and he moves me to a different court. And so I start hitting on this court, blah, blah, blah. And then same thing, same coach comes and gets me, moves me to another court. And this happens like three or four times. Mm -hmm. So finally, I find myself on the front court at the academy, which was like Nick's court. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm there like all by myself. You know, I'm nine years old. I think I had gone on, I might have been 10, you know, or the year I turned 10 or whatever. Uh -huh. I think I had, I think I had maybe never, it was maybe the year before I went on like a camp alone. Like I had really never been yeah. apart from my parents in like a place like that that was that big. But uh -huh. I, you know, I was like, ooh. But yeah. they were freaking out because they were, yeah, looking for me and just wanted to make sure that I had gotten where I wanted to go. And so they had gone where I was supposed to be and I wasn't there. Then they told them which court I went to, whatever. You said so, we're there in the main court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hitting on this front court, whatever. Just, you know, not even thinking about it, just a little kid. And all of a sudden, my parents and Nick walk up at the same time. My parents are like, you know, what are you doing up here? Like, go back where you're supposed to be, you know? And Nick comes out on the court and like, I just keep hitting, you know, and I was with them mm -hmm. and I hit for 10 minutes. And then he, you know, sits me down, takes off his sunglasses. But that was like such a huge deal. Cause he always had these like, yeah, you know, quintessential like bole, um glasses. And he tells me, you know, I think that you can be a professional tennis player and offers me a scholarship. And that was like time, yeah. That I listen, girl. Your your life is yeah. Before that, I went to college. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, enjoyed my childhood. I played tennis, and then when he said that, I was like, really? You know, and um, that really totally changed the trajectory of like my life. That changed my life. Yeah, well, that that was kind of one of the questions that I wanted to ask you and it was such a beautiful story I love that it. it's everything that I dreamed uh as a as your fan um <laughs> uh, uh, I'm like getting out here uh, <laughs> I'm ready for you. <laughs> yeah yeah I can be your weird friend and I have I have a second confession when we met this was like I think 2007 it's a weird, weird story because Hacken, who was also in Boletieri, who whose story I also don't know really, um, he said, I'm going to bring on my friend and uh, she's going to come here. We were RAs in, in, in college and he, he was probably not the best RA. He was always like doing things last minute and we had to do events and programs and he was like, I'm going to bring my friend for a program it's going to be the best program ever <laughs> and basically it was like five people and you came on and he I don't know if you remember this but he thought it was the funniest thing to tell you that one of his friends me was deaf out of one ear <laughs> I had forgotten about this um, um and I was so excited to meet you because I was always, you know, I grew up playing tennis, but I never competed or anything like this. And yeah, I was super excited to to meet you. And then he tells me this. He's like, you're supposed to be deaf out of one ear. I'm like, what? 
I didn't know this like five minutes into the conversation and, and like we like for like three uh, three good hours I acted like I couldn't hear out of one ear and you <laughs> were like trying to be nice about it and that's how that's how no problem that yeah uh, <laughs> our our youth <laughs> everybody sorry <laughs> yeah I remember I had totally totally forgotten about that and yeah he told me that and I don't even remember, I also don't remember what, like, I was supposed to be doing there. I do remember that it was, he had, like, a certain quota of, like, activities that he had to fulfill for, to keep his, like, RA posting or whatever. And he didn't play anything. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I was just there and he had to get signatures. And but we just hung out. For, we literally yeah. just hung out. Um and I was like, so, your goal. this was back then in, in 2007. And uh, I'm so glad that whenever we met, you were uh, not really super playing. And because this was about the time that, that you had your, your hip injury. Right. Um, and I'm so glad because if, if I ever attended one of your performances in the US Open or, or whatever, uh, I would have gotten kicked out and you would have been so embarrassed because I would have been like screaming so hard and like you're supposed to be silent like no that's my friend out there <laughs> you know I'm so glad um but I did want to ask you about this this concept of winning because I, I play tennis all, all around I love hitting um I was never like bad at it you know I thought that for my height and for my 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 level I was fine but I always had a really hard time in competition because winning was absolutely frightening for me winning was not natural for me and and beating the other person so like uh the the level of tennis that i have in, in competition is so much lower than when i'm just hitting with no right. pressure uh because it is a lot of pressure so i wanted to ask about this concept of winning for you um is it something that you just have this is something that you learn to win how do you how do you cultivate this attitude of winning? That's a that's a great question. Wow. Um I don't know. I think that it's a bit of both. I think it's nature and nurture, you know? I think that some some people are more competitive just naturally, you know, yeah. than other people. Like there have been numerous people that I have met throughout my like you know career junior career pro career uh post playing career who are you know such they have so many skills that are important to the game of tennis they hit the ball great they see the ball really well they um have great hands right they anticipate well they um have a good mind but they aren't you know, they don't like mm -hmm. to compete. Um, and that that hampers them, you know, and they they don't become the level that like they could be, you know, and yeah. that was they grew up in very like a lot of these people, they grew up in extremely, extremely competitive families, like the father plays sports, brother plays sports, sister, yeah. plays sports, whatever. But they will just tell you, like, I don't 
I'm not that competitive. Like, I, it doesn't matter. I don't care, you know? And I feel like that's what it is for me. Like, I get yeah. so nervous. Uh, and, and especially because when so, when you're playing with somebody competitive, and this happened to me all the time, maybe this happened from early on. Like, I would see the other person get very, very upset. Yeah. And maybe, like, really angry and throw the racket or maybe even cry if they lost the game. And I think that really affected me because I'm like, well, if you want it that bad, you know, like if I lose, I'm not gonna cry about right. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can have this. You can have it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, competition is a really important part of life, uh -huh. you know? And so it's something that's sport is great to do because it's important to learn how to compete, you know? It's important to learn how to like manage yourself in these situations, you know? how you find your best to whatever that is, whatever that means for you, you know, how to comport yourself, like you said, and when you yeah. are successful and when you're not, like, it's an important skill. It's important to be in these environments. Um, but there is a, there's a nature part to it. Like some people just like that, that's mm -hmm. just their mentality. That's how they were born. That's how they were built. And then, you know, other people, um, nurtures i mean the nature um yes nurture is huge you know like yeah. a lot of parents are like you know they are huge about their kids having enough self-esteem you know you try and monitor the win to loss record of your child or of your player so that they are yeah. motivated but they you know don't don't become you know too cocky about where they are so young right you right know? right it's, it's a delicate <laughs> weaving Balance. and it's so person specific because you you've been through through it all i mean as a player as a young player as a professional yeah. player as a as a post player as a coach yeah um what what is your relationship to to winning now because now you're coaching a team right and and you're not only responsible for yourself Uh, do you feel that you're still competitive in the sense uh, of, of of a coach, of, yeah. of, of presenting win as a team? And I'm a naturally competitive person. Um, uh -huh. One of the reasons that I played tennis is because, like, I wanted it to be all on me. You know, again, that's a personal thing. Some people yeah. like playing with other people, like on a team. You know, they like having that social side of it nature, nurture, whatever. But I think as I've gotten older and um, kind of experienced things myself, it's, it's, there's nothing that like, I mean, I feel like I've done, I've had so many experiences within the sport that, um, you know, I'm really more focused on doing like the best that we can. You know, okay. I think that if you check those boxes, I mean, I honestly believe this, that if you check the boxes off, then you give yourself the best chance to be successful. And, you know, when you do that, you have to like fight your absolute hardest, you know, and then mm. let the chips fall where they may. I heard, you know, a great yeah. player once say, you know, something to, akin to that and when the the chips are falling you gotta still try and push them in your direction you know like it never sure. never stop trying to like you know do your best all this within your power fairly to influence the outcome but the outcome itself is never really 
like the focus for me any longer. Mm-hmm. And that's just me. Um, that's but that's I, hard like, to learn and that's hard probably to teach as well because especially as a young player, I imagine that you're very win-focused, outcome-focused. And, and that affects your 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 stability. As a, as, a, as a regular person, you know, like in, in your life, you have wins and you have failures and, and, and sometimes the failure, whether it's you're applying for a job or there's something that you really want to do and it just doesn't go your way. Um, sometimes when you're so focused on the outcome, like you feel very down and it's kind of a scare to be like you know feel good no matter what the outcome is and i think yeah. that's that's part of um the cultivation of experience yeah. um absolutely i think when you have like success too like when you look back on it you've never so little of the time is spent remembering the outcome you know like you remember what you felt when you went through it you remember the people around you or what you put in you remember like i hate to say you know because it sounds cliche but you remember the journey more so you know and yeah. so i think the more that you go through that then you do start to like realize that the journey is really what matters especially if you have like if you really do like you said some people fear success but if you do yeah. achieve your goals a lot of time like people kind of look at it and they're like is this is this all that there is if that was purely like the focus of it you know so i think if that happens to you then you do learn something from it from a good perspective and from a negative perspective and you kind of move away from being so outcome focused what's something in your journey that you remember something in my journey that i remember um i guess like because you mentioned the match against maria and so that's definitely like kind of in my mind um from earlier in this conversation i i remember that match you know i like <laughs> yeah we're watching the match with people like later uh because on youtube and i mean i can i can tell you you know what my thought process was at like certain points in the match as like you know i'm walking from one side of the court to another you know I there was a moment in which you were up like five three and you had the set like ready to go and like you were not like getting there immediately. Yeah. It took you a couple games more to like yeah. get through that. I was, I think I was at five two in both sets. And um I just got tight, you know. Yeah. Like like you said, like you, when you get to that point and it, it's on your string, you know. But I did luckily I had the insurance break and I was, you know, um I like had worked super hard before and so I was able to like trust my training at the end of the day but I do remember winning the match and like being shocked that I won it like I like screamed oh my god you know you did like, yeah, yeah. I never I think I think you, you, your arm went right up <laughs> what yeah there was no point during the match but I was so in it there was no point during the match that I thought about winning like what if I won? That never uh-huh. came into my mind. And so at the end, when I did win it, I was like, wait, what just happened? And that was such a weird, weird feeling and weird sensation. I think I'll like always kind of remember how- I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, what is it now to be a teacher? And we're, we're wrapping up soon. This is just like a couple last questions. Um, how do you feel now? Is, is that is that sort of exciting? Because it must be like a, an adrenaline to be in a grand slam, be competing. 
I don't know if you're aware in the moment of how like huge that is, but you know, most people, 99.999% of people will never be competing in a grass slide. <laughs> um, so it's huge, but, but do you, do you still feel that kind of excitement after this? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think that, and I think that most, at least tennis players will tell you this, like I didn't have the career, the pro career that I wanted, you know, by any means I got hurt, you know, super young mm -hmm. when I met you, you know, I was, I just turned 20, I think. Um, is that right? I think I actually maybe I just turned 19 and, um, yeah, that was like the first, that was like the beginning of the end of my pro career, you know, like I wanted to, people my age are still playing, you know, and that was like, right. it's six, you know, 16, 17 years ago. So I wanted a much longer career, you know, I wanted, um, to do better in Grand Slams, you know, I wanted, I wanted more titles. I wanted, mm -hmm. I wanted, I want, you know, I wanted. And yeah. so definitely like, don't, I think it's not something I think about a lot in my pro career because I think I wanted more. And also it feels like a different life in a lot of ways. It was a long time ago. I think once I started coaching, it was, I was blown away by the feeling, the rewarding feeling that you get because you don't really get that as a player. Like mm -hmm. even when you have like your absolute best result, like yeah. it lasts for a night, you know, and then you're on your way to the next tournament, you know, you're on your way. You're flying and you're moving around. That's something yeah. people don't really understand how exhausting it is. Yeah. The day-to-day -day operations of it all. And I've seen your work as well. And uh, a lot of your work is on the court, but a lot of your work is just transactional and phone Absolutely. calls and, and coming Absolutely. and going, and it must be yeah. exhausting, really. Um, always like, it's worse is always like, what have you done for me lately? You know, so you could have had a really good week the year, the, you know, yeah. two weeks ago, but someone else has a good week this week, you know? And so you're always like changing. I can, I can speak as a teacher because, you know, like people are so tough on, their, on, on themselves. And they're always like, oh, I didn't do my best here. And as a teacher, you watch them and you have seen them grow and you have seen them do what you have trained them to do. And even if they lost in the most horrible way, even if they didn't perform as, as, as well as they did as, as their, their trainer, you are so immensely proud and excited about how far they've come along. And, and maybe the person cannot see that, but like you get a little spark of joy seeing them like apply what you Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Absolutely. The like biological processes of, of like learning, mm -hmm. I think is an astounding thing to be around. You know, it's amazing to watch someone learn. Like that's fun. You know, I think that's why parents like watch their kids and have, you know, like it's amazing. Yeah. And to be mm -hmm. a part of someone putting something in and working hard and, and learning and coming through on the other side. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they don't succeed, like you said, with results, but you look back at where they were a few, you know, whatever days, months, weeks, whatever. And yeah. it's not far they've come. Like that's, that's amazing, you know? And, and so you also know that this is a process and you know that if they've done this, they're going to achieve much more exactly. because you know the process. Um, you, you studied psychology, right? I did. You did go back to college. You fulfilled your, your promise. <laughs> you, you, you are a psychologist and a coach and, and a player. How do you identify as now? Oh, God. Like, what's your, 
Yeah. I want, I want people to just call me Mia Mia or <laughs> what I call it. Does anybody else call you Mia Mia? Yeah. I know who I'm talking about. <laughs> if I get a Mia Mia. LC <laughs> calls me Mia sometimes, but you're the only person. For me, and I have to sing it. There's. Uh, because I get so excited. Um, <laughs> now, my final question for you, I guess, um, is is not really a question. It's, it's a statement uh, of how immensely proud I am because, I, you know, I I met you in probably the roughest moment of, of your life. Like, uh, that must have been so disheartening and rough and hard to get through. Uh, and I've just seen you overcome and win life time and time again, you know, moving in in one position, another position, but just also your attitude because it's not hard to, I mean, it is hard to, to go through all these things. So I'm just so immensely proud of you and thankful that you came on. <laughs> and I want you to know that. I want you to know that, you know, everything, single thing that you do, I'm proud of you. Uh, it's <laughs> to you. I mean, honestly, I feel like I, I mean, we met each other at such a formative time, you know, yeah. in our, in our lives. And I think like, that's so funny that you say that. Cause I look back on those years and they were definitely hard, but I mean, they had so many bright spots that if that's like the hardest thing in my life, then my life's pretty good. You know, yeah. and it's because of like, you know, you guys. And, you know, what I learned from, like, your experiences of, like, coming to the States and, like, totally, like, immersing yourself and, in different <laughs> environments. And, and being deaf out of one ear, you know. <laughs> so rough. <laughs> and just, yeah, and just, like, still being yourself and so personable and so kind and so understanding. You know, I think that I, I like, like, I learned a lot from you guys like about like just life and growing up and I mean that's I wouldn't be like the person I was today if it wasn't for yeah, you know, good. I, friend group friend forever <laughs> Mia Mia thank you so much I'm gonna end the recording now <laughs> te gustó este episodio, compártelo, síguenos en nuestras redes, suscríbete a nuestro boletín semanal donde encontrarás material gratuito, descuentos, información sobre nuestros cursos y por supuesto si estás interesado en patrocinarnos o que mencionemos tu producto o tu servicio en nuestro podcast, contáctanos a nuestro correo y en la información de nuestro perfil y nos vemos la próxima semana con un una nueva entrevista. See you then.